There we go. Um, we're in Matthew, and we're still, we're, no, Matthew 5, and Jesus, Jesus is still up on this mountain. Jesus went up on this mountain, and then he said, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And then last week, Jesus was still in the mountain, and he said that Christ came to fulfill the law. Remember, if you were here last week, we talked about that, Christ who fulfills the law. And now he's still on this mountain, and he's still teaching to disciples that he has, and this time, he's making a big deal about loving your enemies, okay? That's what Jesus is talking about this time, loving your enemies, all right? And here's the thing, okay? When we meet Jesus, or if you know Jesus, okay, you probably know this for yourself, but we, we're changed, right? When we meet Jesus, we're changed, and also we begin to change. Like we become new people, and Jesus want, desires for us to change and grow, right? It's not, it's not really a bad thing, because we all need to grow, right? If any of you, if any of you, like, maybe don't think you need to change or grow at all, raise your hand, okay? Wait, no, don't raise your hand. But this, but take some time, take some time to maybe really, like, reflect on your life, okay? Because when I just think about maybe the things that even I've done or said or thought about today, I'm like, oh man, I need to grow. I need to change, right? Even just the things that, like, from today or this past week or this past, past month, right? None of us are perfect. We all need to change and grow. I think that that's like an honest, an honest thing for all of us to say. But when we think about Jesus changing us or growing us, I think that we often think about Jesus like changing us so that we read our Bibles more or so that maybe we go to church more or that we pray more or maybe so that we stop looking at certain things or stop saying certain things or stop thinking certain things, right? Those are all ways that, uh, we, that I think Jesus can change us and, and I think those are true ways. But I think really Jesus is telling us something in this passage when he's talking about loving your enemies that really the way that Jesus desires us for us to really change is to become more loving. And like that is actually the basis for changing everything else. Like thinking the things that we think, the things that we do, the things that we say, the, the, our desire to read and know Jesus and pray and all these things actually all stem out of the foundation of love. And so I think Jesus is saying that here as he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount Jesus is growing us in love. Okay, that's the main way that he's growing us. And we're going to see this in our passage today as Jesus preaches on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is growing us in love. Okay, so I'm going to read this passage. This is Matthew 5, 43 through 48. This is Jesus speaking. Okay. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, uh, we thank you uh, for this time together. Um, we thank you that you desire uh, for us to change and grow, and actually you empower us to do that. You, you desire for us to be more loving, but you don't leave us alone. You give us your spirit, and you live inside of us, that we might become more loving, that we might love you and others, and even our enemies and those who we, we don't desire to love more. Um, so would you help us uh, just reflect today on our own lives and um, help us to see how you desire to grow us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, one thing I forgot to mention. 
as I'm talking today and as you're listening, hopefully, even if you're just listening for a second, this is what I want you guys to be doing, okay? Be thinking and reflecting on yourself, okay? Be thinking about your life and maybe the things that you do, the ways you act, the things that you think, the things you say, all those things. Just be thinking about yourself and your life, okay? So that's just my challenge to you as, as we go through this passage, all right? Cool? All right. So in this passage, we get the simple message from Jesus, okay? The simple message, and this is what he says, right? But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies, right? I think that may be a better way for us to put this, because maybe not all of us would say we have enemies, because enemy is kind of like a very, like, scary term. Like, would any of you guys say you have an enemy? Maybe, maybe, right? Anyone got an enemy in here? John. All right, good. But but I think maybe a more a more relatable or what Jesus is really getting at here, instead of saying maybe a better way to say this, is love those, love those who you do not want to love. I think all of us in here have people who we struggle to love, who we don't want to love, right? I know I know there's people in my life that it's hard for me to love. I think that's the true thing of all of us. And Jesus even says, right, he says, it's easy to love those who we want to love, who are easy to love, who we like, right? Because he says this, he says this in verse 46, so that you may, oh, wait, wait, that's 45. For if, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? That's verse 46. Jesus says, it's easy to love those people who love you, who you like, who you get along with. That's easy, right? That's an easy thing. I think it's easy. It's like, oh, this is breezy, easy. But he says, even... The tax collectors, even the lowest of the low, do that. Like, that's an easy thing to do. That's not, that's not what Jesus, Jesus, yes, desires for us to love those who love us, but he desires something greater for us, something more than that. And even in 47, Jesus says, And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what, what more are you doing than others? Like, Jesus is saying, it's not a big deal. Like, to love, if you say you're loving, but you're just loving those people who, who you get along with and you like and who are around you and who look like you and who think like you. Jesus saying, that's not, a, that's not a big deal. Like, there's something actually greater about love that he desires for you, that he desires for us. Right? Everyone can love those who they like, but Jesus desires something greater for us. He desires to change and grow us into people who love those who we have no desire to love. He desires to change you into a person and to grow you into a person who loves those who you have no desire to love. And the same for me as well. Right? He says this in, in verse 44. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Those, the, your enemies, those people who you want to keep far off, who you don't like, those who even have hurt you, who persecute you, who have, who have maybe done you harm, or who even just maybe are annoying to you. Jesus says, love those people. That is something greater. Jesus' desire is to change you and to grow you into a person who is marked by and known by your love. And, and I think this is an important question for all of us, for all of you, for me, even for Sean and Alec, who sit on the side. Hard for me to love them right now. This is an important question for all of us to ask ourselves, okay? For you to ask yourself right now, okay? So maybe do some self-reflection here in these questions. Who, who do you have no desire to love? Who do you not want to love? Okay? Think about those questions. You don't have to answer them out loud, but just think about them. Reflect on them. All right? You know, like sometimes 
I know when I was in middle or school or high school, there would be some times when I'd be making plans with friends. And um, we'd be, like, talking in person. And then, like, another kid would maybe walk up and we'd kind of, like, be quiet. And we'd just be like, oh, change the subject. Because you don't want to, like, involve this kid in our plans. Because we're like, that kid is the weirdo or the annoying kid, you know? And so we kind of stop and we just kind of, like, shut him out of that conversation. I don't know if any of you have done that. I have before, all right? I've done that before, all right? Maybe, maybe you've done that before. Okay, I, I bet there are those people for you, you know, the people that you don't want around, that you want to keep out of your plans, right? Or maybe it's just your parents or the people you live with, right? Maybe you have no desire to love them for whatever reason. Maybe your siblings are annoying or mean, or your parents are just overwhelming or overbearing, or they always think that they're right, and you don't see eye to eye with them. You know, maybe... Maybe it's just you have no desire to love them for whatever reason. Or maybe it's not even a person that you know, you know. Maybe it's like that kid who you see at school sometimes who you don't know, but they always maybe look lonely or look like they need a friend. Or maybe it's the new kid at school who walks in and doesn't have a lot of friends. And it's not that you don't, you have like anything against them, but it's just you don't have a desire to love them. You don't know them. You have no reason to move close to them and love them and, and get to know them, Right? You already have your friends. We already have our friends. So why would we go out and go hang out with this new kid, right? And I think this is what Jesus is telling us in this passage. Even though we might not view these people as our enemies, these are people who maybe we have no desire to love, right? And these are the people that Jesus desires for you and for me to love, to move toward. In the last verse of this passage, Jesus says something pretty intimidating, okay? Pretty scary. He says this in verse 48. You, you, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Are you perfect? Is that, is anyone here perfect? Maybe sometimes. Cast my perfect? Maybe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have, and ask this, ask this question of yourself too. Have you perfectly loved those around you? Have you even perfectly loved those who love you? Have you perfect, and, and even more, have you perfectly loved those who don't love you, who you don't want to love? Have you done those things perfectly? No, right? No, me neither. But Jesus says you must be perfect. Right? He says, you must be perfect as my heavenly father, as our heavenly father is perfect. So, so what do we do? Right? How do we get there? How do we get there to perfectness? Okay? I think Jesus is kind of showing us something greater than us actually being perfect. He's, he's pointing us first to someone who has shown us perfect love. Okay? We can't be perfect, but actually there is perfect love for each and every one of you and for the people who love you, and for the people you have no desire to love. There is perfect love for all of you, okay? So the first thing we need to do is remember and realize that perfect love has been given to you. Perfect love has been given to each and every one of you, okay? And this is what I mean by that, all right? Jesus, Jesus is self-sacrificing love, okay? In the face of his enemies, Jesus, uh, he didn't sit there on the cross, but he was there, on the cross, in the face of his enemies, and instead of calling angels down to destroy them, instead of, like, 
exercising his power and dominion over them and destroying his enemies. He sat there in in self-sacrificing love for them. That's what he did. Right? I mean, this, this is real enemy love. Jesus demonstrates it for us. Right? And so Jesus sat there in, in, in the face of his enemies, but also, in a way, we can all be enemies to Jesus, in a way. And this is what I mean by that, okay? We can all be the annoying friend who probably, to Jesus, Jesus should be like, I don't want to include them in my plans. I don't want to include him in my plans or her in my plans. Because what is he? He's he can be annoying. He can think he knows everything. She can think that she knows everything. We can be we can be that person to Jesus. And instead of Jesus shutting up when we when we come around him and being like, Okay, let's stop talking so that he doesn't know what's going on, Jesus actually invites us. He invites you into his life. He invites you to walk with him. No matter who you are or what you've done, that's what Jesus does. He invites you to walk with him. That is real love. Maybe we don't always deserve it, but Jesus invites us to know him and to walk with him always, right? And you know, we can we can also be like the prideful and overbearing parent who thinks that they know everything. You know, have you guys ever thought that you know better than God, maybe? And maybe you never actually thought that in, in real life. Or like you never actually been like, I know better than God. But maybe you thought like, oh, I know God doesn't desire for me to do this, but I'm going to do this because I think it'll actually work out for me. You know, I'm going to, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, I'm going to live the life I want to live instead of asking God, God, what do you desire for me and for my life? In a way, we often act like we know better than God. And instead of, instead of Jesus, like putting us in our place automatically and just raining wrath down on us and striking us down and arguing with us, Jesus is actually patient with us. And he doesn't devalue us. He doesn't argue with us. But he actually sees us as we are. He's patient with us. And, and he, doesn't, he doesn't strike us down for thinking that we know more than him. You know, that is, that is real love. Jesus, the one who, who holds the whole world in his hands, even though we think that sometimes the world is all about us. Jesus doesn't cast us out, but he actually draws near to us again. Like That is real love. That is amazing. That is real enemy love. You know, and sometimes we can just be the new kid or the lonely kid, the lonely student. Right? We can just be the, the student who needs a friend. And Jesus doesn't overlook you. He doesn't overlook you when you are the new kid or the overlooked or the lonely kid. Jesus does not overlook you. He doesn't see you and say, I already have my people. I don't need another person, so we'll just leave them. Jesus actually draws near to that person. He draws near to you when you are just a new or lonely or outcast student or kid or person. Jesus draws near to you. He doesn't look the other way, but he joyfully draws near. You know, we we can all easily be the person that Jesus should have no desire to love. Right? He's perfect and we're not. We can all be the person who Jesus should be like, they're not like me. I'm going to go find my people. But, But he loves us. Right? And this is perfect love that has been given to us. Not that we are actually perfect, but that Jesus is perfect and we get to walk with him. And I think something amazing, Jesus' love is not just given to us. His perfect love is not just given to us, but also Jesus is alive. And so his perfect love is alive and Jesus lives in us. And so perfect love lives inside of us. Okay, And it grows us and it changes us, just like we were talking about earlier. It also empowers us. 
to love those who we have no desire to love. So how can we love those who we have no desire to love? We can lean into knowing Jesus and his, his life inside of us and his spirit empowering us to actually move toward and love those who we have no desire to love. And so here, here's something for you to reflect on, okay, just as we end and pray and then break up into small groups. If Jesus is alive in you, if you know Jesus, he is alive in you. And if Jesus is alive in you, you are being made perfect in love. You're not perfect right now, but you are being made perfect in love. And so this is a question for you to reflect on, even just now as we pray, as we go to small groups. How, how is Jesus doing this in you? If you know Jesus, you're being per- made perfect in love. And so if you know Jesus, how is he doing this in you? How is Jesus challenging you and growing you and changing you to love those who you have no desire to love right now? So just be thinking about that. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your perfect love. We thank you that even though uh, we feel like maybe we are unlovable or we, we've done something that has hurt others and, and even hurt you in a sense um, for, for not loving perfectly and loving your people and your creation well. We thank you that you do not cast us out or overlook us or um, even condemn us for thinking that we know more than you sometimes. But you actually draw near to us. You're patient with us. And this is perfect love. You demonstrate this enemy love perfectly for us. And we ask that you would live inside of us and change us and grow us, that we might love those who we have no desire to love as well. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.